Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, good morning again, everyone. I came out and ran back because I didn't see my podium here. And I thought Robert took off, and I got to go find him. And then I saw it back out here. So I think you brought it out, Lencho. Hey, God bless you. Wait, did they tell you to do that? It was just a good catch. Well, you saw it there. You saw me panicking. Oh, praise the Lord. I like when I panic. No, I really don't. Hey, good morning, everyone. Again, I'm Jim Del Campo. If it's your first time here, I'm the senior pastor. You're here on a great day because we're going to talk about forgiveness today. How many enjoy that topic, huh? Love is forgiving is our next statement. And now I'm going to put up something on the screen, a statement. I want us all to read it. And then after we read it, I'm going to make a few comments, and here we go. So put that up on the screen. All of us together, read this out loud. One, two, three, here we go. Forgiveness is a great idea until we have to give it to someone. Has anyone found that to be true? Let's try it again. Let's read it one more time, because didn't it make you feel better? Boy, that was a moan, wasn't it? Okay, one, two, three. Forgiveness is a great idea until we have to give it to someone. How many are great uh, at giving advice to someone about you need to forgive that person? Anybody good at that? How many are great about not giving forgiveness to people? Oh, we'll work on that, buddy. Okay, right there. Okay, so that's a tough one. Sometimes the uh, offense is really tough to let go of. So let me begin by showing you what God says about forgiveness specifically. So in Hebrews ten seventeen, it says this. And their sins and their lawless deeds, I will what? Come on, everybody, I will what? I'll remember no more. And the word remember is an interesting word the writer uses because the word remember literally means to remind. So God says, I'll forgive you of your sins and I'll never remind you again of them. Now notice what he just said. It doesn't mean that God forgets and says, oh, Jim sinned? I don't even remember Jim sinning. No, it doesn't mean that. It means I will never bring up Jim's sins again. They're under the blood. I'm in his life. He's asked me to forgive him. I'll never throw it in his face. I'll never bring it up again. In other words, this. I like all those murder, mystery, crime dramas, 48 hours, Dateline. Anybody like me like those shows? Yeah, isn't it great? I love that. I think I could have been a forensic scientist after the 10th show. Like some of you have online medical degrees. How many am I talking about right now? <laughs> but they always try to cover up the murder scene by buying bleach and every, everything else. And then, of course, the police come in. And what are they going to spray? Luminol. luminol. That's right. They spray that luminol. They shine that light. And there's blood stains all over that room. Guys, we as Christians, followers of Christ, we've been forgiven. God doesn't remind us anymore. We need to quit spraying luminol all over the sins of our life from the past. Amen? Amen. Quit reminding yourself of these things. God has forgiven you, and God has let them go. And you know what? He'll never remind you again. How many feel better already? Boy, if you could just get that one, how much your life would change? Now, not only that, look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse uh, 12 says, this is in the Lord's Prayer. We know the Lord's Prayer. Watch. This is Jesus telling us how to pray. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. The word forgive there, it means to send it away. 
So now think about that. God forgives us. He sends those sins away. And then he'll never bring them up again. He'll never throw them in our face. And that is a great deal. I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to follow Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So love is forgiving. Look at our key verses again. This is where we're deriving our series from. And in two weeks, we're going to start a nine-week summer series through the life of Joseph in Genesis. So that starts in two weeks. It's going to be called, When Life Gives You Lemons. How many life has given you lemons before? We're going to see what Joseph does with those lemons because he does some cool stuff with them. Now, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5 says this. Would you read it with me, everybody, together? One, two, three. Love is? How many of that hurt you just to say that? Okay. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecoming. Come on, everybody. It does not seek its own, is not provoked. Here's our statement for today. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. What does that mean? Love does not store up memories of how people have wronged us. It doesn't store it up. You see, that's why in marriage, some of you maybe have been to a counselor and you tell that counselor every time me and my wife talk, she gets historical. And you go, you mean hysterical? No, I mean historical. She brings up everything in the past, okay? Any amens? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah, don't get historical. Love does not store up memory of how people have wronged us. Now today, what we're gonna do As we look in the Bible, and how many know the Bible is so filled with good, rich teaching for our lives? We're going to look at the life of a guy who lived 3,000 years ago. He really lived. His name is David. Really was the second king of Israel. And this guy, at our reading today, is going through a really rough time. I mean, it's a low of lows. And somebody's going to come out, and they're going to go on the attack against David when he's at one of the lowest points of his life. So if you have a Bible, 2 Samuel chapter 16 is our first section we're going to go through today. I'm going to do commentary, comment on it as I go to give you a good understanding of what is going on. There's like nine verses we're going to cover. I'll read, then stop, and read and stop. It goes like this. When King David came to Baharim, behold, there came out from there a man of the family of the house of Saul. Saul was the first king. Saul is now dead. David is king. Whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came out cursing continuously as he came. He threw stones at David. So he's cursing at David. He's throwing rocks at David. And and at all the servants of King David. So not only David, but everybody with David. And all the people, and all the mighty men, say mighty men. It's a very important statement there. We're at his right hand and at his left. So the mighty men are riding with David as he's departing the city. Thus Shimei said when he cursed. Here's what, now rocks, dirt. Now here's what he's telling David. Get out, get out. You man of bloodshed and worthless fellow. The Lord has returned upon you all the bloodshed of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand 
of your son Absalom. And behold, you are taken in your own evil, for you are a man of bloodshed. Let's stop right there for a second. Let me fill in the blanks, and let me expand the story. David is leaving the city. His son Absalom hates his guts. He hates his father. And he's trying, and he's succeeding in taking over the kingdom from his dad. His father now makes a decision. David makes a decision. He's going to vacate the throne. He's going to leave the city. You know why? It's not that David can't win a war. David's an experienced warrior. David's got the mighty men with him. These guys are trained killers. But David doesn't want a civil war in the city where innocent people could get injured and die. Make sense? So he will leave. Why David, why all this is happening to King David, there's a reason behind it all. Because David, in the past, David took another man's wife. We know her name, and that is Bathsheba. That's right. He takes another man's wife. He has sex with her. She gets pregnant. Then David tries to cover it up. How does he do that? He calls for her husband, Uriah, from the front line of battle, gets him to try to sleep with his wife. He doesn't do it. He won't do it because he's very noble. He says, why should I enjoy my home when my brothers are at the front line of battle? Doesn't work, doesn't David even tries to get the guy drunk to do it. Doesn't work. So finally David says, I, um, you know what? He sends a note, a secret message, in the hand of Uriah. Uriah, take this to General Joab at the front line. He delivers the note. The note says, send Uriah to the front line of the fiercest battle. And when he's there, you have all of our troops withdraw from him, leave him by himself, and let him die. And Joab carries out the order. And Uriah is killed, and David takes that, woman, uh, takes that man's wife, and eventually has a child that dies, then they have the child Solomon. And God says, because you've done this, because you took this man's wife, and then you had her murdered, there will be consequences. How many know there are consequences to sin, right? It's what it is. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. It just is. And so there's consequences. And these are the consequences now that's going on. You will lose the kingdom. Your son will be in insurrection against you. This is going to be bad for you. And so as David leaves the city knowing his son doesn't like him, knowing this is all a judgment upon his life. He's at the lowest, lowest point of life. And here comes this guy, Shimei. How many know when you're at the lowest points in life, you don't need someone to come and tell you off? Amen? But here he comes. And he's looking at this like, this is my chance. I'm going to tell David off because da, da, da. And here's what he tells David as he's throwing rocks at him and all the mighty men. He says, David, you're worthless. That's the first lie. Because has David made mistakes? Say yes. But is David worthless? The answer is no. Listen, somebody in this room, you've made mistakes. But it doesn't mean you're worthless. It doesn't mean what people are telling you. You can turn your life around. You're still created in the image and likeness of God. You're not worthless. That's lie number one. Lie number two, he says this, David, this is happening to you because you're the one, basically, who had King Saul killed. You're the one. 
Is that true? It's not true. If anything, King Saul tried to kill David. He hunted him down for years. David had opportunities to kill Saul while he's being hunted, but David doesn't do that. So that's lie number two. And then another one that Shimei says as he's throwing rocks at David, says, David, God has given the kingdom to your son Solomon. Is that true? And the answer is no. Because God, as we find out later, gives the kingdom to the son Solomon. So that's three lies in a row right there. Now, isn't it interesting that people find lies more tantalizing than truth? Any amens? We live in a society now that enjoys lies. And they've already done surveys on this that people are more prone to listen to a lie and then social media, then they'll repost it and they're too lazy. This is surveys, too lazy to even investigate to see if that thing was true or not. But that's the society we live in right now. So they're throwing lie out after lie after lie. And so David, here he goes, riding down on his horse, and the guy's throwing rocks, and he's lying all about him. Now watch what happens next. Here it comes. Verse 9. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruai, said to the king, this is, this is cool, I like this part right here. Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over now and cut off his head. How many like that statement right there, right? I mean, this is like, don't you love loyalty? David, this guy shouldn't be getting away with this. Just say the word, I'll go over, I'll cut his head off, come back, and we'll ride out of town, okay? Now, Abishai, he is a, um, he's one of the mighty men. Now, let me tell you about the mighty men because you'll read about them later in 2 Samuel near the end. They're like, in our world, it'd be like, in, in movie land world, it'd be like Rambo, the Equalizer, and the Terminator all rolled into one. That's what these guys are like. They are trained killers. These guys get the job done. And Abishai, he's one of them. So he says, hey, let me go cut his head off. And, you know, how many would have let him go cut the guy's head off if you were David? Raise your hand. We've got to work on that, okay, right here in front of him. Okay, so now, let, let's read on. But, no, let me say one more thing. This is David's revenge friend. How many of you have a revenge friend? Let me define it better. You don't even know what that means, huh? When someone offends you, or does something to you, your revenge friend takes offense for you. Anybody have one of those? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. They might be sitting right next to you. You can't listen to your revenge friend. Because they're going to take offense for you. And then they're going to fill your head with all kinds of revenge, payback, get back, everything else. Be careful for revenge friends. I'm not telling you not to hang around with them, but just be careful of them. Because they love to take offense for you. And we already live in a society that takes enough offense. Do they not? No, let's read on. Now watch this. Verse 10. After the guy says, let me go cut his head off, watch what David says. But the king said... What have I to do with you, O sons of Zeruiah? If he curses, and if the Lord has told him, curse David, then who shall say, why have you done so? Verse 11. Then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son who came out from me seeks my life. How much more now this Benjamite? Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him. Hmm. Verse 12, 
Perhaps the Lord will look on my affliction and return good to me instead of his cursing this day. So David and his men went on the way and Shimei went along on the hillside parallel. So Shimei's up here, David's down here, and he's parallel with him as he's throwing the rocks, cursing him and everything else. So David and his men went on the way, Shimei on the hillside parallel with him. As he went, he cursed and cast stones and threw dust at him. Guys, this is in front of everyone. The king and all the people who were with him arrived weary and he refreshed himself there. Okay. Shimei, uh, Abishai says, let me cut his head off. Let me go do that. Quick question again. How many of you, if you were David in that situation, you'd have been okay with, yeah, go cut his head off. Come on, it's okay to raise your hand. It's church. Okay, good. There's a few of us. But what does David do? David says, nobody's cutting anybody's head off today, all right? David says, listen, listen, listen. He says, leave him alone. And then he says, maybe God told him this. And then he says, and maybe God will restore me one day. Maybe God will bring me back to the palace. And then David rides on, and he rides on. In one of the lowest points of his life, as this guy's attacking him. Now, I want you to think about this. Or better way, here's the question. How can David do that? How can David do that when there's plenty of us in this room did, did, did not raise our hand, would have said, cut his head off. How can David do that? I think David has a couple things going for him. And we'll talk about the big one later on. But I think David has a soft heart. And I think David has thick skin. Don't you think? If you want to be successful in life, successful in relationships, friendships, marriage, you've got to have a soft heart and you've got to have thick skin. Correct? But the problem is, more and more in our society, we have thin skin and we have a hard heart. Do we not? You see that enough today, right? There's too many thin-skinned people. They get offended with everything, and they look for offense all the time. And their hearts are hard, and they're angry, and so they blow up. They even get volatile at times. The New Old Testament says in Proverbs, do not speak in the presence of a fool, for they either rage or they laugh. Don't bother doing it. Don't do it, because the hearts are real hard. But if you and I want to be successful... We're going to have thick skin and a soft heart. That really is a, a, a decent definition of spiritual maturity, that you're able to cope with these things. You're able to handle this, and you're not going to react, and you're not going to blow up, and you're not going to take it personal, but you're going to ride on, and you're going to trust God. Maybe God will bring you back to the throne. Maybe God will fix this situation. So that's what's going on. Now, David leaves but David, long story short, David comes back and comes back to his throne. One of the sad things is his son Absalom, who had the insurrection, the coup against him, he is killed by David's general, Joab. David didn't want Joab to kill him, but he kills him. And David is so sad because his son, who hated him, now is dead and there's never a chance for any reconciliation. So David is extremely sad. Very sad. But once David is back in the position of king, question, 
Guess who shows up again? Shimei. The guy who cursed him. The guy who threw stones at him. The guy who lied about him three times. The guy who said all these things. And Shimei is going to come back and he's going to beg for forgiveness. But now David's in power again. And the question is, what's David going to do? Because he could squash that guy. He could have that guy killed and no one would say a thing and no one would question his actions at all. I'm going to give you three things now. And in point two, I'm going to give you three bullet points on some of the things that we might get wrong when it comes to forgiveness. So here we go. Number one in your notes is that's this. We have all said or done something to someone we regret. Is that not true? Louder, is that not true? Now we're going to 2 Samuel 19. We'll read two verses, then we'll comment more on this. Watch this. It says, Then they kept crossing the ford to bring over the king's household. So David's coming back to the palace in Jerusalem. He's king again. And to do what was good in his sight. And Shimei, the son of Ger, here he comes, fell down before the king as he was about to cross the Jordan. Before David could even cross the Jordan River, head in Jerusalem, he meets him there because I got to get him here before he gets to the palace. I got to stop this whole thing. And here's what Shimei said. So he said to the king, let not my Lord consider me guilty nor remember what your servant did wrong on the day when my Lord the king came out from Jerusalem so that the king would take it to heart. What's he asking for? Forgiveness. Please forgive me. Okay. Here's the options, guys. We can either be David, who's going to forgive him, or we can be one, or we can be like Abishai, one of the mighty men who says, let me go cut that guy's head off. I can do one of the two, can I? I'm going to either forgive or I'm going to chop that guy's head off. I can be one person or the other. But here's something you've got to consider that we forget. Every one of us, every one of us in this room, myself, all of us, we have all said or done something to hurt or wound someone else. Any amens on that? Every one of us has. And I think David remembers that. You know why I think he remembers that? Because why was David in the predicament in the first place? Because he took another man's wife, remember? And then he had the man's wife murdered, remember? And so David knows I'm like this guy. He is me and I am him. And so I can forgive this guy because I know God has forgiven me. I can forgive this guy because I know I'm not perfect and I've let people down also in my life. I've done that. Let me give you a little secret to healthy friendships and relationships. Everyone, everyone is going to fail you or let you down at some point in your life, right? Everyone's going to do it. Let me give you another truth. You and me are going to let others down at some point in our life, right? Every one of us is going to do that. And the moment we realize that we're in a fallen world, and we're going to let each other down, then we can relax and just realize, you know what? I can forgive other people because I'm flawed and I've I've let people down and God forgives me. If we just got that, if America understood that, if the world understood that, 
What a different world this would be. Amen to that one? Yeah, never forget that one. Now, point two, and that's this. Do not add conditions to forgiveness because Jesus didn't. Because Jesus didn't. Now, <clears throat> let's read four verses in 2 Samuel 19. Watch. For your servant knows, this is Shimei speaking, for your servant knows that I have sinned. Guys, what's the hardest three words to say to someone when we've... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have sinned. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to admit, isn't it? Isn't it? It's more difficult when we're insecure, isn't it? Isn't it? That'll tell you how secure or insecure you are. It's very difficult when we're filled with pride, isn't it? Because we won't admit it. Somebody online or here, we've even lost a relationship because we wouldn't admit it. Am I right? We won't admit it. This guy says, I've sinned. And then he says, therefore, behold, I have come today. I'm here, right? Here's the first. In fact, I'm the first one of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my Lord the King. I, I'm first. I came to meet you here at the Jordan River. Now watch. Here comes the revenge friend again. But Abishai... Don't we need the revenge, friend, right? The son of Zeruiah said, Should not Shimei be put to death for this? Remember, I want to cut his head off? Because he cursed the Lord's anointed David. Let me remind you in case you forgot. I've been holding the offense for a while for you, David. And I think we should take revenge. This is the guy. Remember the guy? Remember Mr. Rock Thrower? Remember that guy who lied about you? Let me kill him. And then look what it says. Then David then said, what have I had to do with, what have I had to do with you, O sons of Zeruiah, that you should this day be an adversary to me? Should any man be put to death in Israel today? Meaning today, meaning I've got the kingdom back. God has restored me. It's a good day. And I should put people to death? For do I not know that I am king over Israel today. Stop. Hear that statement? I know I'm the king. I've got security. And because I'm secure, I can forgive other people. Did you see that right there? I'm secure. Then he finishes up by saying this. The king said to Shimei. Can you imagine Shimei on the ground begging? And the king says, you shall not die. Thus the king swore to him. I swear to you, you shall not die. How would you feel if you're Shimei and the mighty men are there and David says, you shall not die? You'd feel pretty good, huh? You'd feel really good. Let me give you three things that we typically make a mistake on when we forgive. The first thing we make a mistake on is we, you know, we, have, we give conditional forgiveness. What, what's conditional forgiveness? Conditional forgiveness, it looks has many faces, but let me give you one. Well, I'll forgive you when you face up to it. When I see some changes in your life, buddy, you say, Jim, don't you think they should face up to it? Yeah, I think they should. That's reconciliation. You fix things up. And I think they should face up to it because doesn't it heal them if they face up to it? Doesn't it make their life better? Yes. But there's a problem that I have with something Jesus said on the cross. How many have ever had a problem with a Jesus statement? It's like, really, I got to do that? When Jesus on the cross and everyone's mocking him, and the soldiers that whipped him, and everybody else, he says, Father, forgive them, for they... They don't know what they do. 
Are they owning up to their sin out there? Are they? Yes or no? No, they're not. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. I, I mean, I have, that's a problem statement for me, but it's a Jesus statement. And so I can't give conditional forgiveness. I just got to give forgiveness. Another one is that we give partial forgiveness. You know what partial give forgiveness looks like? Hmm. I'll forgive you, but stay out of my life. Don't talk to me. I know we're in the cubicle next to each other. Never talk to me again. I don't want to see you. I'm cutting you out of my life. Right? Anybody ever do that before? Isn't that fun, isn't it? Now, I want you to think about this. Early on, one of the definitions, Matthew 6, 12, the word forgive means to send it uh, away. But this one, partial forgiveness, instead of sending the offense away, we send the offender away. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? We don't send the offense away. We send the offender away. That's a dangerous play, way to live, cutting people out like that. Now, let me give you the third one that we have a struggle with, and that is delayed forgiveness. What's delayed forgiveness? Well, delayed forgiveness goes like this. Well, I forgive, well, not fully. I need time. Someday, one day, maybe, possibly, enough weeks go by, months go by, years go by. Well, you know, one day I'll forgive you. I don't know when that day is, <coughs> but I'll forgive you. Is that dangerous? Is that dangerous? Let me tell you why it's dangerous. Talking to people over the last 40 years, one of these common things that you see is um, people, when they don't forgive and they give this delayed forgiveness, you know, one day, someday, I'll forgive you. We begin to nurse the offense, right? We begin to nurse it and nurse it and replay it and nurse it and replay it and nurse it and replay it and replay it and nurse it and replay it and nurse it. And then with that big offense in our hearts, then anyone else who does any offense to us, we take that offense and we put it with this offense and we nurse it even more. Anybody? Anybody? And we build it and we build it and we nurse it and we nurse it. You know what happens when you nurse offenses and nurse offenses in your heart? Pretty soon, what happens is it becomes your identity, does it not? It becomes who you are. It becomes what motivates you. It becomes what drives you. And I've told you before, anger turned inward always turns into depression over years or decades. Any amens on that? Because you're revving and revving your emotions and your emotions only have so much, and then one day they, they're gone. They're over. And when they're over, because you're nursing offenses and nursing offenses, when you're done, then you go into depression. It's a dangerous place to be and to live. Now, let me, um, let me drill down a little deeper here. In any room with people in it, somebody is thinking, but you don't know what they did to me. Let me put that in the context. But you don't know what they did to me physically. Physical abuse. And I don't underestimate that at all, the pain of that one. But it goes in many directions, does it not? Covers much ground. Physical abuse. You want me to forgive them, Jim? Let me just define for you that Yes, I want you to forgive them. But if your concept is 
I forgive them, but then they can just come back and abuse me again. No, you don't let anybody physically abuse you. I'm staying in physical abuse right now. You know, of course not. But we think that's what, what the preacher's saying. That's not what I'm saying. It's not what God is saying. But let me tell you why you've got to forgive, why you've got to send it away. You guys know that um, my wife and I, we're trying to cover all 50 states in our life. We've got about eight to go, and we've hit all 50. Of course, when I was in Louisville about five years ago, we just crossed over the bridge into Indiana, ate at a White Castle, didn't like it, came back over the bridge, I've been to Indiana. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Okay, that's good enough for me, all right? I hit Indiana, all right? Um, so when we're traveling like that, I'm like, we're like on, on a bullet train driving around in the rent a car, and we're going two nights at a hotel, one night at a hotel, one night at a hotel, two nights at a hotel, and we're traveling, covering states. That's what we're doing. Now, when I get to a hotel, and we've already set up reservations, we go there. When I get there, and I, do I own the room or do I rent the room from someone who owns the facility? I rent it. Oh, okay, good. You're following me. Good, good. You're a smart crowd. So I rent it for one or two nights. I'm renting the room. When we do not forgive people and not send it away, we allow them to rent space in our head for free. Everywhere we go, whenever we lay our head down to sleep, wake up in the morning, at work, we allow them to rent space in our head for free. And we just nurse it and nurse it and nurse it. Does it make sense now we need, why we need to send it away? Does it make sense? Okay. Let me, let me, take it, let me drill it down further because this is real important stuff. Watch Hebrews 12, 15. It says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by it, how many? many. Louder, what? Many. many be defiled. What does bitterness do? Let me put it to you this way. Okay, you guys know, um, painful as it was, I put my, my boy, my dog Max down about three and a half weeks ago. But how many of you, like me, you love your dog so much, you bathe them in your bathtub? Raise your hand. I want to know who's on the team here. Okay, bathe in the bathtub, you know. And then all that dirt in there, and you don't have no problem washing that tub out afterwards, right? I bathe my boy in there. Now, when you bathe your dog in that bathtub, now, my dog Max, when I bathe him, I had to, I had to have a towel, uh, not a new one, but a rag towel, okay? <laughs> and so, once the water drains out, I've got to put that big towel on him in the bathroom before he does What? Oh, but you guys know what I'm talking about then, right? They start to shake. And what do they want to shake off themselves? Water. All the water, right? And you've got to cover them before they shake and get the water off all over the bathroom, correct? Because they're going to defile the entire bathroom, are they not? That's their job right there. That's what bitterness is like. It's like a shaken dog getting the water off. It defiles everyone. Why is it important to send bitterness away, hate, unforgiveness, nursing grudge? Why is it important? Because it spreads. And if you have kids, guess what you can say? Well, I'm not passing it to them. Uh, really? 
Really? You really think you're not? You're spreading it to them? You're spreading it at work? You're spreading it to your friends? You're spreading it everywhere. It defiles many. The Bible's true. And we've got to be careful with stuff like that. That's why it's better just send it away and let it go and be free. Now, the third thing is this. David forgave. David forgave. So the question is, um, how could he forgive? Because it'd be really tough to forgive that one. How could he forgive? Well, I think we have to go back in time again and see what David said when the guy was throwing rocks at him and Abishai wanted to cut the guy's head off. Let's see what David said. Let's go back. Go back a couple chapters back. Remember, let's rehearse it again. Here's what David says. But the king said, after to Abishai, I wants to cut the guy's head off. What have I to do with you, O sons of Zeruiah? If he curses, and if the Lord has told him, curse David, then who shall say, why have you done so? Then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son who came out for me seeks my life. How much more now this Benjamite? Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him. Perhaps the Lord will look on my affliction and return good to me instead of his cursing this day. I have a question for you. When you read those verses, who does David lean into when it's easy to be bitter and unforgiving? Who does he lean into? To God. The Lord. He instantly goes to the Lord. Does my natural inclination want to be a grudge holder and unforgiving? Unforgiving? Yeah. That's my natural inclination. I live in a fallen world. Satan's the God of this world. Of course, that's my natural inclination. But as a follower of Christ, I've got the Spirit of God living in me. Do I not? And so I have a choice now. I can lean in to God and what God says in His Word. I can lean into the Lord and do what God says versus what I feel like doing. And David leans into that. And he says, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. I'm going to do what the Lord says. And because he did what the Lord says, you know, God brought him all the way back. God restored this guy, even though David blew it big time. You see, what it boils down to is this. I either am going to trust God's word or I'm not. Am I right? How many issues in the Bible or truths in the Bible do we not trust God on? Think about that. Let me finish with this. Jesus is on the cross. And we've already said, he said, Father, forgive them for... They don't know what they're doing. There's a guy in the crowd that day. You know what he's mocking Jesus saying? He's saying, he trusts in God. Let God deliver him now. If you trust God, come on, let God do something. Now, did you notice when you read the cross story, the crucifixion, does Jesus sit there and take it personal? Did he say, God, they're offending me. Did he say that? No. Did he jump off the cross and say, I'm going to light you up with some lightning right now. Did he do that? And the answer is no. But Jesus does make some statements. When they're mocking him, you trust in God? Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's not a statement of distrust. That's a statement of distress. My God, my God. And then he says, into thy hands I commit my spirit. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you. They pierced me. They spit on me. They mocked me. They've lied about me. They whipped me. They've nailed me. They're murdering me. But I'm going to trust you. 
I'm going to trust you and do what you say. And because of that, it says he was highly exalted. He was highly exalted. You trust God. You do what God says. You forgive, send it away, let it go, and God will highly exalt you. God, you bring you back to the places, the place where you really want to be. And you'll watch your life get better and better and better because Jesus has a habit of making life better. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your good word. Thank you that you put this story in here that we could relate to because we can all relate to it. Every one of us is David and every one of us is Shimei and every one of us is Abishai. We're in every one of those positions. I pray for you if you have, you've been nursing a hurt for months or years. I pray you let it go. You haven't lost and you're not weak for forgiving. In fact, you're strong for forgiving. Let it go. Every day, take it to Jesus and say, Jesus, I forgive them. Every day, until it's gone. Until there's no more emotional attachment. Until they are no longer taking space in your head rent-free. Let it go. Love is forgiving. Let it go. But you know what the great thing about the story is? The David who forgives Shimei. David is a picture of who is called the son of David, who is Jesus Christ, to come a thousand years later. Because we've all thrown rocks at Jesus. We've all sinned against him. Every one of us. But Jesus comes to a cross. And he doesn't retaliate against us. He doesn't call fire down on us. He goes to a cross and he dies for our sins. He allows his body to be mutilated and his blood to be spilled to forgive us of our sins. What a loving God. And Jesus is the God-man. That is the greatest event in human history. When God visited earth, the creator comes to his creation and is crucified on a cross. I don't know where you're at with God today, but if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I mean, you've never believed in him as your Messiah, the forgiver of your sins. And I don't mean that, oh, I believe there's a God. No, that's not what the New Testament is telling, say, saying. It means you put your faith in Jesus. You're trusting him and you jump in that spiritual pool feet both feet first in the deep end and you go all the way with Jesus and now as you learn the scriptures that's what governs your life it means that the spirit of God comes to live in you and you ask God to forgive you of your sins it means that God becomes your father and you're born again of the spirit of God renewed that's what it means and that you follow him and you follow up on the commitment you're making to Jesus if you'd like to place your faith in Jesus, because you just never have, but it, make, it makes more and more sense now. This makes more sense in a world that's not making sense. I'm going to give you an opportunity 
to put your faith in Jesus today, right now. And if you backslid, and you've been away from God for so long, and you know it, come on, let's just get it right. Let's recommit. Let's go all the way with Jesus. So if you'd like to place your faith in Jesus or rededicate your life, I want you to do one thing as a sign between you, me, and God. I want you right where you're at. Open your eyes up. Look up at me right now. I'm going to look around the room, and when um, our eyes meet, you can close them. But just and, and do that right now, please, please. God bless you. God bless you and you. God bless 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 you. God bless. God bless. Yes. 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 Now, I want you who looked up at me to repeat this prayer after me. I want you to um, put your faith in Jesus as you repeat it. Everyone here, say it with them so they're not alone. You're placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Here we go. Repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for dying for me, for carrying my sins on your body on the cross for shedding your blood to forgive me of all my sins forgive me of my sins and I know I'm forgiven come into my life make me new thank you for saving me now let me pray God I pray I pray for everyone who looked up. Put your whole heart into this, friend. Start reading the Bible. New Testament, only stay there a couple years. One that you can understand. If you don't have one, we have them for free in the lobby. Go to the welcome desk there. You have free Bibles. Get into church. Become a worshiper of God. Begin to grow as a Christian. Because your father is now God in heaven. And you're his kid. This is what life is all about. This is what life is all about. Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this day, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Stand up with me today, would you? If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.